All right. It is Monday, November 4th. Week 9 of the NFL season is almost in the books. We have Giants versus Cowboys on Monday Night Football. And uh, we're going to start off the week. I'm getting a little away from the mock draft college football for this week. Um, just because I, the more I've thought about it, you know, it's it's so early on. If I just did a mock draft Monday or something along the lines of that from now until April, um, I'm going to be repeating myself a bunch. So I might make that more of a once a month on a Monday kind of thing. Um, so I think that's, that's where we're going to take it. And for, for today, we're going to take a look at just some of the bigger storylines from Sunday. Tuesday is still going to be my game recaps, essentially taking a look at, you know, just, just some, some quick looks at, at, at each game and, um, frustrating week, I guess, in terms of in terms of my picks, especially, um, I know week seven and week eight when I was running through um, each of the weeks in just picking winners, I went 12 and three each of the two weeks. Picks against the spread were also very successful uh, this past week, on Sunday at least, and I know I'll hopefully get a chance to salvage some of that on Monday night. Uh, a lot of a lot of games just not going in my favor. Um, interesting, interesting outcomes. So we're going to take a look at just some of the bigger storylines from Sunday's games um, and and more of not just what happened on Sunday, but a season long trend that we're seeing and then kind of just uh, breaking it down, figuring out what's going on and uh, giving my opinions on that. And where to start? uh, What a better place to start than my cardiac Colts. That is my name for them this season. 2019 Colts will be remembered as the Cardiac Colts. Um, I tweeted it out yesterday. They've already taken a few years off my life. <laughs> they've uh, they've sped up the pro- the process of me eventually having heart problems when I get older. Um, we are nine weeks in. They've played eight games. Each game has been decided by one possession. Um, wins, they're barely winning. Lose uh, Losses, they're barely losing. And this last one... <laughs> to uh to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mason Rudolph just I, I just just sitting on my couch and my chest is just pounding there were so many things that that went um you know not in Indianapolis's favor on Sunday there were so many things and just to give a list of them first off Jacoby Brissett gets injured knee sprain kind of in the MCL so I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. But so first off, starts off like that. Actually, it starts before the game. Um, and, and yesterday when it came out, or Friday when it came out, that T.Y. T. Hilton uh, wasn't going to be playing. And now this is a Colts offense that already is down. Um, Devin Funches, their number two wide out. They do have talented tight ends. But, you know, aside from that, they aren't getting the the significant in, impacts from their young receivers like a, a Deion Kane or Paris Campbell just yet. Um Really, their their big guy aside from Ty the last month or so has been Zach Pascal, and he had a great game. But so first off, Ty Hilton goes down, not going to be available. Going to be out a couple weeks. Then we lose Jacoby Brissett. Okay, let's turn it to Brian Hoyer. Game is still close. Let's see how it goes. Brian Hoyer did did very well. Um, I, I was pleased with how he performed. Um, 
and you go with with just the mess of penalties. I and I'm not saying that that all of the calls were against the Colts. There were many you know poor calls that went against the Steelers as well too. But uh, Darius Leonard got two unnecessary roughness penalties, both of which uh, just weren't the case. Um, one of which I, I'm trying to think the quarterback was going down. The one was going out of bounds, and uh, Darius kind of just led him out of bounds. There wasn't really extension there. Um, there was a mess, you know, pass interference challenges, everything. And then, of course, old reliable, uh, you know, one of the bigger problems for the Colts this season has been Adam Vinatieri, their ageless wonder, um, who is no longer wonderful. And eventually, you know, the, the, the last few weeks when he had been having problems, he had been having the problems early on in the game and then would come back in the clutch towards the end. You think last week, rough, rough start. Then he finishes off, polishes off a couple 50 yarders, especially one to, to win the game against Denver. This time it comes around. He does miss an extra point earlier. Um, but then also with the game on the line, still a chance to win despite all of that going on. And then, uh, Adam Vinatieri just completely shanks, uh, a 40 yarder. You know, you could argue the long snapper didn't turn the, uh, turn the laces out to me an NFL kicker should probably still be able to knock that thing through especially when you're considered you know the greatest of all time so the cardiac Colts now sitting at five and three Houston has a half a game advantage over them two of them are set on a crash course I think three weeks from now um look to me to me the Colts the Colts aren't a great team you know, there are a lot of teams I would have ahead of Indianapolis. And as of now, in the AFC, I've got the Colts as probably the fifth or sixth best team. You know, in in no order, but it's probably going to sound like it's the order that I'm, you know, that I probably have them in anyways. It's, you know, New England, Kansas City, Baltimore, Houston, and I'm going to do a toss-up with Buffalo. I think that that would be a very compelling game, you know, maybe if... um. Maybe if Indy wins the division and the Bills are the five seed, getting the two of them against each other is a four and five matchup. I'm not sure what it would be like, but that would be a very, you know, close game. I like Buffalo's defense. Colts defense isn't really doing a ton to to really stop Josh Allen in that, I would see. But anyways, uh, to me, the Colts are, are right around the Bills level of talent or just slightly below. Um, when I take a look at what the Colts team is, and how they've gotten to this point, you know, you're not a bad five and three team, um, you know, and you know potentially a six and two team if that that last kick knocks through from Vinatieri. But where it comes down to with the Colts is they're just they're just efficient. You know, the the talent is 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 raw. It is few and far between, but they are extremely efficient. You know, they rank, uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, first downs, interception total, scoring percentage, time of possession. They rank pretty high up there in, in terms of the league, but the talent is just not there. Their secondary is still a little iffy. I like the, the safety duo potential of Malik Hooker, Kari Willis. Marvin Tell has been switching from safety to corner. I like him there, too. Um, you know, they, they need help in, in the interior of the defensive line. They have a ton of young edge rushers, a couple guys that are banged up now too, so we don't get to see everybody. But those guys in the middle, they're really missing a presence um, that could really just make that front uh, front line scary. And then 
I want to take a li- look at linebacker too. Darius Leonard has kind of been underwhelming um, through this part of the season. Uh, now he's been good, hasn't been bad. You know, of course he missed a you know a game or two, I believe, with a concussion, but. He just hasn't been at the level that he was in his rookie season, so that's pretty underwhelming. It didn't look great. Um, didn't look great against Pittsburgh. And then on offense, look, you know that they, they could probably still use another offensive lineman. I know that's funny to say because you know everyone considers Indy's front line, you know, the wall. Um, <clears throat> I think they could use help on the right side. You know, Glowinski probably move on from him. If you can move Braden into guard, where you know he originally played in college, or you keep him at tackle, bring in another guard there as well too. Um, running back, they're fine. Wide receiver, that's that's really where you need the help. And of course, if it's Hilton and Funches, I feel a lot better. But when it's Zach Pascal and Deion Kane, who Deion Kane looked great his first uh, training camp, torn ACL, missed the entire season. They did a, a real big story on him coming back in, and just has been flat out underwhelming. So, to me. This Colts team is just extremely efficient. They're extremely well coached. The culture is perfect there. <clears throat> what Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have been building is very sustainable, but they're in the early stages of that right now. It's just the slow building blocks of what can turn in to a dynasty potential. Just the talent isn't there yet. And so I would probably have Indy around the fifth or sixth best team in the AFC. There's a handful of teams in the NFC. I'd take over them as well, too. Maybe they can squeak into the playoffs. Maybe they win the division or or get that sixth wild card spot. But at the end of the day, they're just a very well-coached team with a great GM. There's a good mission statement out there for Indy, but the talent just isn't there. And uh, and look, the schedule the next two weeks, not that ta- not that bad. Dolphins, Jaguars, you can win both of those games, and you could be sitting right back up at 7-3 uh, and three heading into the game against Houston, potentially, you know, take regain the lead of the division and go 8-3, and three, but, you know, they still have that Texans game later on. They play the Panthers and the Saints as well, too. Two, two great teams out of the NFC. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I don't know what the, to make of the Colts. I don't think they're great. I think they might be able to sneak into the playoffs, but... I'm more looking at okay. This Colts team is a is a team of the future, but it, we haven't reached that future yet. So, doesn't make it any easier that they're they're just taking years off my life. The cardiac Colts. Uh, I'm gonna remember them fondly when I'm taking heart medication as a 25 year old man. And so while I'm over here complaining about my Colts, you know my five and three Indianapolis Colts, and I'm complaining about them, um, I can only imagine. What anyone that roots for the Cleveland Browns is going through this season. You know, I was I was really honestly expecting Cleveland to just come out and and manhandle the Broncos. Brandon Allen, Vic Fanny Pack, Fangio. I just I, I didn't see it. I, I thought, you know, talent talent alone. Um, and I just, when I saw the matchups, I just, I, I thought that that would have been an easy Browns win. Um, that was one of my picks that I just, I flat out got wrong this week. Um, and specifically where we're going with this, talking about the Browns today. Um, and I'll tie in a few of the other guys and the other problems later on, but we're going to take a look at, uh, 
Like good old Baker Mayfield. And really, you know, for a franchise that thought they had finally solved uh, their franchise quarterback woes, you know, the laundry list of, of, of quarterbacks that have come through Cleveland, even since the year 2000, um, Baker Mayfield has uh, has severely unimpressed me um, by his play this season. And I think we might have been a little too quick to jump the gun. You know, the Browns came out with that late surge. Everyone remembers Baker's first start. Gets thrown in the second half. He gets the comeback win on, I think it was Thursday night football against the Jets. Favorable schedule. Really took advantage of um, some good opportunities. But still, at the end of the 2018 season, he was only 1-5 against teams with an above 500 record. That number now, through nine weeks of season... Two and nine. He's he's not beating up good teams in those wins last year and his, and his few wins this year. You know the one win against an above five hundred team was uh, was when they took down the Ravens earlier, and that could be a fluke. It could be whatever. Um, Baltimore looks good, but um, you know just taking a look at some of his numbers compared to twenty eighteen. Completion percentage, 2018, 63.8, down to 57.6. 57.6 for an NFL quarterback. I mean, we're talking we're talking that is unacceptable range. That's Josh Allen in Wyoming range. Touchdowns per 16 games. Last year, if he had played a full 16, the numbers were on pace for 33 touchdowns. This year, he's on pace for 14. I think he's got seven right now. Yeah, he's got seven touchdowns so far this year. Interceptions per 16 games. It would have been 17 last year had he played a full season. He's on pace for 24 interceptions, which probably will be right around there uh, as the most in the NFL. Quarterback rating down from 93.7 from last year to 67.8 this year. Um and look, it's not all Baker. Like I said, I'm going to bring up the other problems that, that, that the Browns have if we want to just toss it out there right now. You know, they, they prioritized some flashy positions, some flashy players, really beefed up on the marketing impact of the Browns heading into this season. And sure enough, the, the few fundamental pieces uh, to a franchise they just don't have. You know, cornerback, hopefully they're getting their healthy guys back in there and we'll see their, their secondary play a little bit better. But how about the offensive line? If you can't protect your quarterback, we're, we're watching situations, you know. I remember the early days of Andrew Luck and how awful it was not, you know, having your quarterback stay upright the entire game. We see some quarterbacks do it now today, though, that, that it, it really they can take advantage of it um, and still make it work. You know, Deshaun Watson's over in Houston. He doesn't have an offensive line. You know, they were missing their best uh, offensive lineman, uh, the guy that they traded over from Miami, whose name is Laramie Tunsil. There we go. You know, he was out against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a freakish uh, front seven. Great pass rush. Sean Watson balled out. They tore apart that Jacksonville defense with no offensive line. You know, Russell Wilson got, got shit done without an offensive line. Andrew Luck got shit done without an offensive line. You know, quarterbacks can get it done, but... You still need some help there, and so I can't fully blame Baker when he doesn't have protection, but you know, for, for a guy that we were ready 
to say, okay, this guy's going to make the jump into one of the upper tiers of quarterbacks in the league. Um, he needs to be more. He needs to be more comfortable being uncomfortable. As soon as a play breaks down, as soon as a, he feels some pressure on his backside, he gets he gets panicky. Starts jumbling around, off balance throws. You know, in this game specifically against Denver, the game was on the line. Fourth down and four. You've got OBJ one-on-one coverage on the left side, who quickly gains a step or two on his on his defender. Baker doesn't even look over in his direction. Throws an errant throw into a crowded middle part of the field. Incomplete pass. Browns lose that game. Um, you know, I, another thing. Freddie Kitchens, yes. I, I will harp on him as much. He's not, he's not a head coach. He's not an NFL-worthy head coach. I think that the Browns, after this season, should move on, try and get a, a veteran guy in there, get a Mike McCarthy. I'd like to see him in uh, in, in Cleveland. <clears throat> Freddie Kitchens isn't, isn't a good play caller. He's not a good you know, head coach. He did all right as an offensive coordinator with the Browns last year. Baker had, you know, a good season. Um, but at the end of the day, he's just blatantly missing, you know. OBJ, when when he's got the ball in his hands, he's one of the most talented receivers in the game. But Baker Mayfield, for some reason, can't get the ball in his hands, especially when he's open. It seems like I'm seeing all these circus catches for Odell Beckham Jr. Where's the easy slant route? It's almost like Eli Manning had a better connection with uh, OBJ than Baker. I wonder if Odell wishes he was back in New York. I would love, love to see Daniel Jones and him work together with Saquon. That would have been a fun trio. But look, for, for Baker, um, you know, let me just pull up the rest of their schedule because I'm sure it doesn't get any bit easier. All right, so they've got a tough game against the, you know, okay, so next two games, three out of the next four games, tough defenses. They play the Bills defense, they play the Steelers defense twice. They've got a game in there against the Dolphins, they get to play the Bengals, get to play the Cardinals, then a game against the Ravens and the Bengals. Okay, so what that looks to me is that a way they can go, they can get one, they can get four more wins in this season, bring them to six, bring them to six and ten on the season. If the Browns finish anywhere below 6 and 10 by the end of the year and they fall to either, you know, the Bengals in one of their two games, the Cardinals or the Dolphins, you know, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable from where they were at last year and how far they've fallen off. And it does it does circle back around to Baker. You know, the the excuses are there. Um, you know, Freddie Kitchens, the offensive line you know who's not taking any excuses? The guy who has Bill O'Brien as his head coach and zero offensive lineman, Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not saying Baker was supposed to be what Deshaun Watson is, but when you take a quarterback first overall, and then you've got a quarterback that shows promise in his first year, 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, leads a Browns team to, you know, actually winning games for the first time in a while. You expect more out of him, especially when you upgrade at receiver. You know, you bring in, you know, they're going to get a running back in the next couple of weeks in, um, what's his name? <clears throat> Kareem Hunt. 
but there should be no excuses um, for Baker's play alone, you know, when it comes to, to pressure that he's facing and how he's able to escape from the pocket and still feel in control of his body. It seems when he has to shuffle out that he's just lopsided. He's making errant throws at difficult angles. He's not resetting his body uh, before he launches it. Doesn't seem like he has a, a great understanding of the playbook, and he doesn't seem to have a great connection with his receivers. You know, him and Jarvis, you know, get in a groove sometimes, but, you know, it, it really is surprising to me that for some reason he can't figure it out with Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell, frustrated as hell after that game, you know, he, he tried to keep it as, he, he, you know, I'm going to give him credit. For what Odell does on the sidelines, he was able to keep it a little bit mild. You know, he wasn't running into to nets or anything, but um, this is a bad look for the Browns to have what seemed like your savior finally fall flat on his face in only year two. So hopefully <clears throat> for the Browns, you know, this is just one of those years where, okay, we flip it around. We go get an experienced head coach. We trade away some of our splashier players to build an offensive line for our franchise quarterback. And hopefully he finds that groove with his receivers. You know, it, if it takes giving away Odell Beckham Jr. to get an offensive lineman and a draft pick, I'd go ahead and do it. You still got Jarvis, David Njoku, Callaway. You got you got young playmakers there, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt as well too. If you have to start unloading some of these pieces to get an offensive lineman, I would go ahead and do that. Um, I would draft heavy on the offensive line. Get some linebackers in there on defense. This Browns team still has potential. You know, if you took Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Greedy Williams, I, there's a lot of potential there. But it just seems dysfunctional right now. And if we got to move on from Odell so we can get some offensive linemen, if we have to unload on, you know, Kareem Hunt maybe to get an offensive lineman or Nick Chubb too, you know, if we have to move on from Freddie Kitchens and bring in a, a vet guy like Mike McCarthy that'll get shit together in the locker room, the Browns can still be good. Um, but this year, <clears throat> it, it's just not the season. And uh, a little worried about Baker. And one last thing to just take a look at with um, with that draft class from 2018, you know, the order that everybody went and, and was selected in, you know, Baker, Sam Darnold, you know, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, God, that, that list looked completely different last year than it does now. Um, you know, Lamar still looked great last year, but you would say that he's at the top of that list now. Josh Rosen, kind of just an afterthought because he hasn't been able to to really find a starting job where he's consistently giving, given the right opportunity to succeed. Josh Allen, I've had my concerns. Sam Darnold looks looks really bad. Looked really bad this week against a Miami Dolphins team that uh, just came out and smoked him. And then you got Baker. You know, this was supposed to be such a great draft class. And early on, I've, I've got concerns with four of them. And Lamar, if he can't stay healthy, then, you know, that's another problem too with, the, with his style of play. So, interesting draft class. Five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Um, hopefully, you know, we can start to see, you know, at least three of these guys kind of start to trend upward. Because right now, all but Lamar are kind of trending downward in, in my eyes. 
I know that was a little bit of a sidetrack, but back tying into Baker, it's not the end of the world this this season. You know, maybe he got a little too far ahead of himself. We all did. We all, even those who didn't expect them to be to be great, thought they would be better. They're worse. Everybody here was a little wrong about the Browns. There's there's no fault in admitting that. I was. Everyone I work with was. You know, there were people that said they would be bad, but they wouldn't, you know, no one would have said they would have been worse than last year. So, not ideal. Not an ideal situation, but it is fixable. Get rid of some of the flashy players. Try and get some draft capital or some offensive linemen. Bring in a veteran head coach and uh, hopefully just, you know, get out of that sophomore slump and make a big uh, year three jump for Baker Mayfield. And so far... I'm going to save Sunday Night Football talk for tomorrow night. I'm going to let it kind of marinate a little bit. Very intriguing game between the uh, Ravens and the Patriots. I'm going to take a look at um, one of the games that I just I felt most comfortable in heading into this week. And um, it worked in my favor. I felt very comfortable about where both teams are at this point in the season. And... Um, and I'm going to take a look at kind of just what happened in the Kansas City-Minnesota um, game. You know, as I've said for the last week, I think Kirk is is setting everybody up for just such a, a huge letdown. Um, and, and, you know, they, they kept it right in there with Kansas City. They're a good football team. To me, they finish around a 9-7, and 8-8, eight and eight, just missed the playoffs. But what we see against Kirk Cousins, um, and I, I wish I had the stat up with me now, but Kirk Cousins, um, as the Vikings quarterback, when trailing into the fourth quarter, I don't think he's had a, yet, a, a win yet. Let me pull it up real quick, just so I'm, I'm not making this up. Okay, yes. Kirk Cousins trailing in the fourth quarter as the Vikings quarterback. He has. One tie and 10 losses. He is 0-10-1 when coming into the fourth quarter trailing a football game. He's just not able to get it done. There are a number of quarterbacks I would rather have over Kirk Cousins in this in, in this league. Um, he, he's just not that guy that is going to get it done, on, that can be relied on. Um, you know, Minnesota's a great team. They have a strong run game, very tough defense. Diggs and Thielen are a great one-two. Kyle Rudolph is a solid tight end. they got a good offensive line. They're well coached. But at the end of the day, Kirk isn't one of those guys that is it, that can be relied on in close games against the better teams. You know, if we take a look at all of those 10 games, I'm sure they're against some of the better competition he's faced as the Vikings quarterback. The, you know, this isn't the the Redskins when he's playing them on Thursday night. You know, this is the Bills, the Rams, the Saints, the Bears, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Bears, the Packers, the Bears, the Chiefs. The one tie was the Packers. Those are all the good opponents that Kirk Cousins has probably faced in the last two years. Where are the quality wins that Kirk Cousins is able to rack up against Good opponents. Yeah, they beat the Redskins. They beat up on uh, on the Giants. They took care of... Uh, who's the other bad secondary? Philadelphia. Took care of Philadelphia. 
he can't be relied on to take down the uh, the, the better teams. Especially when it's a close game. Especially when they're trailing in the fourth quarter. And when you take a look at the Vikings schedule, now the rest of the way, because like I said, I do believe this is a team that ends up back in that 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight range. They've got a game on Sunday Night Football next week against the Cowboys. Winnable to me. Dallas hasn't really impressed me a ton. They've got the Broncos. That's another win. But then they've got the Seahawks, the Lions. A little bit easier of a game against the Chargers, but then finish the season Packers and Bears. So where are they at right now? Minnesota Vikings are... What, what's their record right now? I'm confused. Well, I don't have their record up here right now. There we go. The Vikings are 6-3. and three. All right. So they're a 9-7 team to me. Where those three wins come from, I'm going to say I'll, I'll give you the Broncos... The Chargers and the Cowboys. But that's losing to the Seahawks, the Lions, the Packers, and the Bears. Three divisional losses, one loss to a tough Seahawks team, and that's with me giving them a win over Dallas next weekend. To me, they just can't beat those tougher teams. And maybe if they lose to Dallas, maybe they're able to get the Detroit game. You know, they, they were able to take care of Detroit 42 to 30. Detroit seems to be stumbling a little bit, you know, with the loss to Oakland as well, too. So maybe it's not the Dallas game. Maybe it's the, it's the Minnesota. Or maybe it's the Lions game. But anyways, that's that. That's the schedule right there. That's how they fall to to nine and seven after an amazing six and two start where everyone thought they were flying high. And nine and seven to me doesn't cut it in the NFC postseason. I don't I don't envision how we get a nine and seven team in there. There are three teams in the NFC West that are all capable of winning ten games. You've got the Panthers who are contesting. You know the the Saints are probably going to win that division. Carolina is right behind them. You know, you've got the Green Bay Packers as well up there, so they can't win their own division. 9-7 and seven isn't going to cut it. And so, Minnesota, like I said, not feeling too great about you. Um, I think her Cousins is just a, is just a, a, a massive letdown. And, and he pulled you in. He pulled everybody so close in. I just took 20 bucks from my friends Matt and Tom. We, we text each other pick'ems. They both had the Vikings. I picked the Chiefs. Knew the Chiefs were going to win that game. Yeah, it was close. Chiefs didn't have Patrick Mahomes, but still, it's a talented team. Well-coached team. Kirk Cousins doesn't do well against those. Beat up on the, the Redskins this year. Beat up on the Giants. Beat up on the Eagles. Beat up on the Raiders, a bad Raiders team. Week 1 blew out the Falcons. We know what the Falcons are now. Losses to the Bears, the Packers, and now the Chiefs. They just can't beat good teams. They'll destroy the bad ones. Can't beat the good ones. And now for, for the Chiefs, to the, the Chiefs are still, you know, they should still be everyone's second best team in the AFC. You know, I still got New England one. But Kansas City, I mean, you, you got to give a, a ton of um, recognition to these coaches. And there's a lot of them that have been doing it this year. Sean Payton with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, in a way, Frank Reich with with Jacoby Brissett and, and kind of Brian Hoyer, but then also what Andy Reid has been able to do with Matt Moore. You know, these offensive coordinators get in, you know, they get possessed when their backup quarterbacks have to go in there, and they get so creative and dial up perfect game plans. 
And for the Chiefs, it's a little bit easier when you have Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, you know, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, LaShawn McCoy, Damian Williams. You know, you, there's talent on the offense. But um, very, very good win for for the Chiefs, a win that I expected them to to have. Um, and and look, you know, they're, they're still really banged up. Uh, still missing some guys on the offensive line. Still missing Frank Clark. But man, Chris Jones, how about that? The impact he brings to that defense right there in the middle of the defensive line. He was he was phenomenal for them um, late in that game, especially too. And for Kansas City, they're not going to miss a beat. You know, Mahomes is probably back next week, and um, and they should finish the season as if if not the you know the number one team in the AFC. They should be there right around number two. Um, you know, taking a look the rest of their way, he comes back for the Titans game. Next weekend, ooh, I gotta go catch that, by the way. They're playing five minutes from my apartment. Titans, Chargers, Raiders, three wins right there. Toss up with the Patriots. Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers. Or, sorry, Broncos, Bears, Chargers. Pretty easy way to end the regular season. You know, it realistically, that Chiefs team should maybe lose two games at most. And um, for them to, to be at six and three... Then you've got them as 11 and 5. And that's at most. You know, I, I think maybe they lose the game to New England. And that, you know, is the more likely scenario. And then, you know, they're still 12 and 4. But that's the second best team in the AFC to me. Um, haven't missed a beat without Pat Mahomes. Now they do miss the explosive kind of plays. I mean, you know, realistically, Tyree Kill is still making them. And Matt Moore is, is hitting him on the money. But um, there's a little bit more, of course, that Mahomes brings to the table. And, um... I know we, we question a lot with the Chiefs after losing to the Colts and, and the Texans. Those are two teams, you know, the Colts just came in with an extremely great game plan. And then with the Texans, Deshaun Watson bailed out, you know, play calling in a, in a vacant roster and took advantage of a Chiefs team that was really banged up. But to me, the the Chiefs outside of New England are still the team to beat in the AFC and um, should be on a collision course for Kansas City, New England in the AFC championship game again. And uh, props to Matt Moore, props to, you know, Andy Reid, props to Eric Bieniemy. Please, please give Eric Bieniemy a head coaching job. Send him up to, send him up to Cleveland. Send him to the Jets. Send him to Dallas. I, I'd love to see um, him take over, you know, three offenses right there with a lot of potential. You know, the, the Jets, if you can get something out of Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell's talented. You know, the Browns' offensive talent is there. Uh, Dallas, Dak, and, and Zeke, and Amari. Great trio. Great offensive line there. Eric Bieniemy should get a head coaching job somewhere. Um, and, you know, his latest work with, with mixed in with Andy Reid, taking care of Matt Moore in this Kansas City offense is, is a great reason why. So, yeah, let's send you into the rest of your Mondays uh, with all that said. Just wanted to go over a couple of the bigger storylines to me uh, from from this past week. Like I said, I'll, I'll cover I'll cover the Ravens taking down uh, New England um, on tomorrow's episode. Tuesday we'll be coming out with game by game recaps, just some quick touches on each game. Um, probably won't go as heavy on the three games that we talked about uh, earlier today, just because we've we've already hit on it. Just my throw in some extra details I think of between now and then. But we'll cover all that stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll cover New England's um, first loss of the season. 
we'll talk about the uh, the Panthers being able to t- you know beat up on the Titans um, despite a late comeback. Um, we'll talk about you know Giants Cowboys Monday Night Football matchup. We'll get to all of that. Then of course we'll come out with Wednesday's power rankings piece, uh, which is tied in with an article uh, over on Stampede Blue, where you can check out my work for the Indianapolis Colts uh, SB Nation page. Uh, Thursday. Just some more bigger storylines, film review. That's kind of our our also guest episode. Um, last week we had uh, Teddy Pristash up in from his Kia Forte up in uh, Rochester, New York, talking with me about the Jets and haven't even touched on them yet. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. Them losing to the Dolphins, and then Friday we'll go with our gambling picks. Like I said, this past week wasn't as friendly as uh, weeks seven and eight, so we'll try and get things back on track. But thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you know, go over, follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. Go follow uh, the show's Instagram uh, at Quick Hits WBP. Stands for with Blake Pace. Uh, go follow Quick Hits. Uh, just putting up some some short clips of the video uh, of the podcast out there. Just just putting out some more content. Um, so make sure to follow both of those accounts. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, um, like, review, leave a five-star rating. Let me know what you like. And um, thank you guys again so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Quick Hits. Take care.